Hi, I'm Kina, and this video is going to be about emotional flashbacks and complex trauma recovery. So I first learned about the idea of emotional flashbacks from Pete Walker when I read his book Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. Pete Walker says that emotional flashbacks are one of the core symptoms of complex trauma. And emotional flashbacks are sudden regressions to helpless and charged emotional states from childhood. They're also sometimes called amygdala hijackings because that's what's happening in the moment in your brain when an emotional reaction kind of comes out of the blue and completely overwhelms you. So emotional flashbacks can happen for any reason. Sometimes there's an obvious trigger like conflict or rejection, or sometimes it could be an internal trigger that you're not even aware of that causes an emotional flashback. Emotional flashbacks are what happens when your nervous system reacts to a present day situation as if you're in danger and helpless and your brain regresses to a childlike state of helplessness and fear and associated coping mechanisms. The nervous system reacts like it's threatened in an emotional flashback because it's not differentiating between the current situation and whatever past state of helplessness is being triggered. So the nervous system fully reacts by going into one of the four F coping responses. One of the reasons emotional flashbacks can be hard to recognize is because they don't usually have a visual component. The classic idea of a PTSD flashback is that it has a visual component where you're flashing back to a specific memory. But with complex trauma, a lot of the times it's not one specific memory that's being brought up. It's a period of life where you were caught in painful emotional states for long periods of time. So there won't be that visual component. And the only sign that you're having an emotional flashback is the overwhelming emotions and sensations in your body that you can learn how to tune into. The main characteristics of an emotional flashback are toxic shame, feeling small, young, and helpless, and an inner critic attack. An inner critic attack is when you just have a surge of inner criticisms and will start berating yourself and critiquing yourself. Most people with CPTSD kind of have a familiar inner critic that will come out during times of emotional distress. Toxic shame is said to be one of the other key components of complex PTSD. And toxic shame is a deep internal, sometimes subconscious or unconscious belief that you are inherently flawed, defective, bad, or unworthy of love and connection somehow. So emotional flashbacks are usually this spiral of some sort of trigger causing strong emotions, causing a surge of inner criticism and shame, and then kicking into kind of automatic coping responses. And that's a cycle that a lot of people are caught in for a long time. Emotional flashbacks can also be prolonged. So someone can be caught in an emotional flashback for weeks or even months at a time. So just to give a real life example and try to make it more applicable, let's say that someone with CPTSD wakes up late for work and that immediately throws them into kind of panic and anxiety about failing and not being good enough and triggers an emotional flashback. So what that might look like is they immediately start thinking, I mess everything up, I'm, I'm never gonna be able to keep a job, like whatever that internal narrative that they have is starts kicking in and the sense of shame that's coming up and the relentless inner critic is super hard to manage and so that combined with the fact that the nervous system is now on high alert the nervous system is kicked into um, hyper arousal 
people will start doing their automatic coping responses to try to manage that shame and anxiety and the emotions being brought up by the flashback. So this is very connected to polyvagal theory in the way that it's another example of how our emotions and bodies are really working together in the way that trauma is processed and released and the way that trauma shows up in unconscious reactions. But once you know this terminology, it can kind of help you keep an eye out for those things. Like if you ever hear yourself starting to say, I'm defective, I always mess everything up, I'm the worst, that can be a little flag for like, oh, like toxic shame, emotional flashback. Um, once you identify what your 4F response is and what that looks like, you can notice when it's happening and ask yourself like, okay, what's going on with my body and my nervous system right now? So I, I'm going to talk more about the 4Fs in another video because there's a lot to say about this. But just to very briefly summarize, the 4Fs are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Um, and when someone is having an emotional flashback and kicks into one of these as an automatic response, that can look like a lot of different things depending on what their patterns are. But just to give some loose examples, someone with a freeze response might just start like scrolling on their phones or um, eating snacks and watching TV to numb out. Someone with a flight response might immediately throw themselves into busy work or like obsessing with projects to try to get away from their emotions. Or another expression of a flight reaction can be substance abuse and um, risk taking and kind of things to flood your, flood your senses and overstimulate yourself. That's flight type. Uh, fawn type might immediately just focus on solving someone else's problem or channel those emotions into attempts to please someone else and make someone else happy for a sense of reassurance and then a fight type those emotions are going to be expressed with some form of aggression of pushing people away defensiveness um maybe seeking out conflict those are just some some brief examples understanding the terminology for our nervous systems and emotional flashbacks is really helpful i know that it was really relieving for me to learn about and i think it's something that provides relief for a lot of people because it provides the context for these kind of unexplained reactions that can be really scary and confusing for people with trauma. So instead of feeling like I'm crazy, I have no idea why I react the ways I do, you can have the terminology and the understanding of what's happening on a physical, somatic, and emotional level that's creating these reactions. You know, if you've ever wondered why someone can go from acting like an adult to suddenly totally regressing and acting like a child, now you know, it's an amygdala hijacking, it's likely an emotional flashback. John Bradshaw, who wrote Healing the Shame That Binds Us, says that the core of trauma recovery is releasing toxic shame. I think that's why it's really important to pay attention to the way that you respond to yourself when you're in distress. A lot of people unconsciously will have a reaction to their own emotions that provoke self-hatred and self-criticism and shame. And so when an emotional flashback or a trigger occurs or when you know that you're in some sort of emotional distress, that's the time to pay attention to those shame-based thinking patterns and work on shifting to a more self-compassionate approach. Even just by doing that, substantial changes are made because as soon as you stop berating and criticizing yourself for getting triggered or having strong emotions, you create a safer internal environment where you can actually start to listen to and process the emotions and memories that are coming up. It takes work and it takes practice, but this framework I think is realistic because some people will 
have an idea that by getting into therapy or starting to work on themselves, they're just never going to have an emotional flashback again. I mean, even without knowing the words, some people just unconsciously hope that those really big ups and downs will just stop altogether. And the reality is for most people, there are still going to be times that those flashbacks occur. But what can change is your awareness of what's happening and your proficiency and tools that you can use to respond to yourself and de-escalate in those moments. I'm going to link below to Pete Walker's article, 13 Steps for Managing Emotional Flashbacks, because there's a lot of really great tools there. One thing I think is really helpful and worthwhile doing is to spend some time identifying for yourself what your different kind of red flags are that an emotional flashback is happening. So taking some time to reflect on what are your triggers, how do you know that you're starting to have an emotional flashback, um, what is the internal uh, dialogue at that point, what are the common emotions and thoughts that you might be having, or what are the behaviors and bodily sensations associated with a flashback. The more you can identify which of those are signs for you to pay attention to, the better you're going to be at noticing early into those cycles when you are having a flashback and being able to respond to yourself effectively. Another thing that really changed my perspective about this was shifting from seeing emotional flashbacks as ways that the past was still controlling me to seeing them as insights and opportunities for being able to process and release things that are still pent up because emotional flashbacks can kind of give you hints about what developmental needs still haven't been met or what childhood experiences you still haven't processed. Uh, it can lead to a lot of catharsis if you use emotional flashbacks as an opportunity to cry, to be angry, to talk to a friend about your experiences. You know, if instead of deflecting those emotions with the kind of 4F coping mechanisms, you're able to slowly start listening to what those triggers and those flashbacks might be telling you. I think they can serve as messages that will actually kind of assist in complex trauma recovery because it's a direct channel into unresolved childlike pain that's still kind of taking over and hijacking your brain. I think the main thing I've taken away from learning about polyvagal theory and emotional flashbacks and kind of all these different things is that Complex trauma forces us to stay in an almost constant survival mode because our bodies haven't learned or accepted that we're safe. Being in a constant state of survival mode and fluctuating between these different 4F coping responses is exhausting and it's something that a lot of trauma survivors can relate to. So to me, one of the main goals of trauma recovery is to get out of survival mode and get back into learning mode, learning and connection mode, which is ventral vagal. In order to get back into learning and connection mode and for the nervous system and body to be able to heal and relax, that deeply physically held sense of danger that is pushing you into survival mode has to be processed and released. And I think emotional flashbacks are one of the ways that that can happen. So next time you completely overreact to something and you feel crazy, maybe you'll remember this and have more context for what's going on and give yourself a break. Maybe it'll help you give other people a break when they totally overreact to something. Your body is doing its best to survive. And the more that you start to challenge the inner critic and the shame associated with your emotions, the more you will start to naturally feel safe and relax knowing that you can feel these feelings without re-traumatizing and re-attacking yourself. I hope this all made sense and thank you for watching.